If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by visiting chriscarl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find links to both Patreon and PayPal, where you can make donations. Any and all support is massively appreciated and a huge thank you to everyone that has supported thus far. fan of landscape photography although it's it's not something that i'm in any way remotely even close to being good at and i think a lot of that comes down to process um it's something that i don't give it the consideration i think it deserves and i think that an awful lot of mental dexterity is required to do something like landscape photography because you have to take into account so many different factors one thing i do notice with landscape photography is um there are um, a significant portion of people who do landscape photography that do lack a distinctive style. But when I found your work, I was I was so excited. There's a wonderful sort of anti-symmetrical minimalism, um, which we're, we're going to really go into. I'm, I'm uh, really, really excited to speak to you. But before we start with, you know, all of the intricate details of what you do, how is it that you first found photography? What made you want to pick up a camera in the first place? Um, first of all, um. I'm quite late to photography. I'm 49 now and maybe picked up a camera three years ago. Um, always kind of had maybe a, what could maybe an artistic streak or kind of, um, it's always been there. And again, just, yeah, work and, and what have you kind of led me down another path. But um, I think I just, um, I picked up a GoPro was my first kind of delving into cameras and just messing around. It was mostly making little short videos. I just started getting quite into it. Um, and then that kind of led me to to buy my first camera. I think um, it was kind of leading that way anyway, but I went over, my sister lives in America and a uh, stunning scenery where she lives in, in New Hampshire. And, she had a camera that she never used. So while I was over there, rather than taking snapshots on my phone or the GoPro, I, I borrowed her camera, didn't know what the settings did, stuck it on automatic and just fired away. But I think that kind of fired up my, my enthusiasm for it. Um, and that led me to get my first little crop sensor um, Canon, um, snapping away with that, kind of like, kind of trying finding out about different methods and and what you can do with a camera. And then I discovered filters, uh, neutral density filters, um, and then that just kind of kind of fascinated me that you could you could kind of stop time in a way and mm-hmm. kind of you kind of um just change a, a, a scene so much to make it more kind of I, I guess it, it it appealed to my kind of fantasy type um kind of it was just not the norm it wasn't you weren't documenting it as such you were giving it your perspective and um with the aid of these filters so again Bought a 10 stop circular screw and filter, pretty cheap. Didn't know what I was doing. 
went <laughs> down <laughs> went down to Swanage Pier, a classic kind of the old pier there, classic long exposure shot. Um, luckily, there was I don't know his name. There was there was a, a Dutch photographer there, and he he knew what he was up to, and he we just coincidentally he was there at the same time kind of gave me a few pointers and actually came away with 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 some decent shots and then or decent at the time anyway and then <clears throat> kind of it just didn't stop I just filters are just something that kind of just adds something to to the photography it kind of it, it does something for me and uh yeah it's still still going on um it's it's a bit of a shame I live so far from the sea because I kind of miss miss going to the sea. Um, obviously during lockdown, in some ways lockdowns help because it's kind of made me look closer and look for different things. But um, yeah, um, typically being in one of the most landlocked counties, I really love the sea. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> always the way, right? That's part of being. Uh... That's part of being English is being anywhere but where you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Going back to this, the fascination with the ND filters and slowing time down, something about that that's really interesting to me, and I, I photograph people primarily, so it's, it's sort of really far away from uh, where I feel comfortable, but I'm, I'm fascinated with how you find the compositions that you do, because obviously you're not documenting, like you said, what's there and how people see it but you're you're sort of creating your own twist on it so is it hard especially in a in a country i guess as in some cases quite cramped like england to find those isolated subjects that you can make those compositions it is hard there's there's kind of there's kind of if you look on instagram or or wherever there is the classic kind of le shots long exposure shots and locations um so yeah, this kind of tiny island. There's, there's, there's the classic ones, and then you do have to look harder for, for those those shots. I think it being cramped. I guess, you can, quite often, yes. Yeah, sometimes there might be a subject that's surrounded by stuff you don't want, and I think that's when processing comes in, like um, Photoshop. You can, mm-hmm. I tend not to put anything in but i do take a lot out okay uh, yeah that's that's kind of how sometimes when it's not as kind of kind of lonely as is the subject may appear um it's it's processing that kind of aids aids that 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 kind of feeling well, I found you when I was on a bit of a hunt for landscape photography that involved a Hasselblad 500cm and you, uh, well, you go down a complete rabbit hole and you end up somewhere where you didn't <laughs> uh, think you were going to end up. But one of the reasons that I kind of stuck on your work is is there's so much square aspect ratio yeah, and you shoot digitally. So what's the, what's the attraction towards square aspect ratio? Honestly, I don't, well, maybe I, maybe I've got a fascination with medium or the kind of the square format or the kind of aspiring to do. And it, it is a strange one because my, my go-to is to go square. And I, 
I'm not even sure I can pinpoint where that's from. Maybe it's kind of, you give it, a lot of my work is just a subject, a main subject. There's no, there's no kind of two ways about it. There's one subject. There's no kind of debate in what's, what's to be seen. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the square uh, format gives it equal spacing all the way around. Obviously, you can sometimes move it to the left or move it to the right. But I think, I don't know, whatever it is, that's my kind of go-to format. Um, some, thing, some things don't work in Square. But, um, I, t- I don't know, maybe kind of real landscape should be done in, in 16 by 9 and, and, and 2 by 3. but. I guess I guess maybe it's it's kind of influenced by other people's work as well that do that seem to mo- most of the work is 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 square, but it, it's kind of it just seems to be I couldn't I can't pinpoint why that is. I mean, when I look at your work, one thing that sort of really jumps out and I really enjoy. I'm very this is such a bizarre personality trait, but I'm very anti symmetry. Generally speaking, okay. I, I don't mind things being close to symmetry and then they're being juxtaposition within there. But complete symmetry yeah. tends to not have much of an effect on me. And with your work, what? I find that you are pretty much exactly in that lane of being like right up to the point of being symmetrical, but then throwing in something that just skews the image. And it gives you a, a sort of a reading angle. When you're looking at it, you feel like there's more of a direction to it. Um, do you think maybe the square format might be that sort of symmetry with a juxtaposition involved? Potentially it could be, yeah. I think I've kind of, I do, when I'm out shooting in that, I do look for symmetry. I try to find symmetry when I'm out there. Because obviously it's kind of pleasing, pleasing to the eye. But it's interesting you say it's kind of, it's symmetry up to a point and then, then it's kind of kind of off skew. Again, I don't know if that's intentional or is that maybe that's just a reflection on me. But yeah, maybe I just kind of off skew myself. I don't know, but um, it's interesting. But I do like going for symmetry. I think obviously it's pleasing. I do try and get that, but I guess quite often life nature doesn't give you symmetry that's very true yeah i mean you get some symmetrical months where you're not allowed to go out for months upon months in a row there's a bit of symmetry there i guess but that's true (laughs) in terms of seeing the final product because when i photograph people i'm seeing the person i know how i'm going to photograph them the only time i really Mm. have the issue of being able to see beyond what's in front of me is if i'm using if i'm uh, using studio lights Yes. For what you're doing, you're going to have to see past a lot of the distractions, like the ones that you were saying about taking out in post or just trying to find the the calm sort of silkiness of the water compared to what you'll be seeing. Yes. Uh, How hard is it for you to to see that end product from, from what you've got in front of you? And did it take you any amount of time to sort of train yourself to see the picture beyond the reality? I think it's kind of if you. I think it's probably just practice. If you're using filters and that, you can you can 
you know which filter to use, how long to use the filter for, for exposure to get what you want. I can have, I have or do tend to go for longer exposure so it is complete. I want I want the the kind of the I want it to be pretty much all about the subject, the kind of the surroundings kind of are, are less important or kind of a backdrop to to the subject. Um, so, so I'm kind of maybe changing changing that idea, but if using having a long exposure, kind of sometimes I was like over eight minutes I was exposing just to see, just to see what it looked like, but just to get everything dead flat. If we're talking water, um, even for a start, I was quite interested in early uh, filters changing the sky and making streaking streaking clouds across it. But um, now I was kind of even going for like, like dead flat skies with maybe just like a gradient down the sky, just to just to purely focus on the on the subject itself. Mm-hmm. But I think when it, yeah, when you're out there, when you kind of yeah, when the wind's blowing and the the waves are crashing. And it's kind of, you're trying to, I guess, through your camera, I'm just trying to control it as much as I can so that I can see that um, what I'm going to come away with is the subject in the, in a cat, in a, I guess with a filter, like, it, like I say, in the slowing down time, kind of calms down time as well. It kind of, right. everything goes slow slow motion and then that's what you kind of try and see and it's that kind of just maybe like I guess especially with the sea it's just it's just um, but it, it's just timeless it just keeps going and it just and it, I guess that's the kind of the subjects being battered by the tea, battered by the sea for for time until they disintegrate and yeah quite often the sea will do that so it's kind of just showing the subject kind of kind of being like showing it how it's been battered all those years yeah but just the, maybe the flatness and the calmness is kind of maybe just the kind of illusion that yeah it's kind of <laughs> well yeah. I mean so often I find and it's a real bugbear for me, but when people photograph something and they try and make it not about what it is. So for example, quite often I see with landscape photography in England, there's a lot of trying to make England look like a very bright, (laughs) um, sunny, calm, colourful, saturated place. And in actual fact, England isn't. It's it's, (laughs) not to say that in a bad way, but it is what it is. And I think maybe that we're going through this kind of issue generally with with identity, I think, as as a, an entire society. But I think it might just be the case. Everyone's always trying to seem like they're something that they're not. And I feel like sometimes that's mm. that's kind of pressed upon landscape photos. With you, I feel like you're really a genuinely English photographer in the well, sense that you showed Scottish. I do apologize. Let's say, well, if I'm English, I have to say British instead of Scottish because yeah. that's a scary thing, yeah. right? We have to claim everything Absolutely. being British. It's the Andy yeah. Murray syndrome. Absolutely. <laughs> but there, there's this wonderful sort of cold, pastel, slightly desaturated 
earthy yeah. tones. What what I see Britain as not this like yeah. hyper saturated, hyper colorful, hyper bright place, but it's actually this moody, dark, mm. uh, interesting kind of earthy place. And um, mm. was that like a, an intentional thing for you that you wanted to retain that that feel, or is that something that's just naturally come through? No, I think that was a conscious decision. I think when I started with my camera, I kind of thought, yeah, like I kind of, I, appre- I appreciated the landscapes and the the huge vistas and like people were always chasing the, the, the color in the sky and all that. And I was kind of, I thought that's what I was into. And then I kind of realized, but it was kind of, some of it was practical as well. I was like, well, I am. I live in, in Buckinghamshire, miles from the coast, miles from hills, not the most interesting county. And to chase dramatic sunsets, sunrises, it's just not it's just not realistic. Right. And then it was kind of obviously the fascination with it, the the filters work came along as well. And a lot of the places like I spent far too much time on Google Maps, scouring <laughs> the coast, looking, look at like, oh, there's something, something with a shadow being cast in the sea. What is it? What, like, it's just, and generally a lot of the interesting subjects kind of lead you to more kind of industrial parts of the coast and like neglected parts of the coast. And, and yeah, if I was, it might look pretty cool. It's, it's kind of juxtaposed with a with a crazy saturated sunrise or something. But most of the time, when I see it, the weather's pretty bad. There's not much color, and it, it that's as much as I kind of try and portray something. That side of it, perhaps, is is true to life. It's yeah. pretty great, and it's yeah, that's how I see it. But I yeah I it, yeah it's saturated sunsets and it was something that I thought I like and chase in color it just it's just it just doesn't appeal to me anymore it's it's not what I want to look at and just what do I want to see on my walls I don't want to see saturated color or whatever I want yeah I want a bit more mood and just a bit more kind of mystery I guess so are you actually excited when the weather's being profoundly British? Is that when you're most excited to get out and shoot? Because <laughs> so speaking from the point of view of someone that photographs people, I yeah. find it very easy to put mood into an image because there's a person there to convey the mood. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's like, to be honest with you, I feel like photographing people is a bit like photographing flowers. It's significantly easier than people that do it will ever admit, but it's a fairly easy thing to do. <laughs> Whereas photographing something that doesn't have people involved, it can be quite difficult to convey mood. I think a lot of people have that issue. Yeah. Is it the dramatic weather that makes you just want to grab your camera bag and head out? Or or do you try and make whatever the weather is look dramatic? Um, Obviously, like um, having a normal life, a normal job, whatever, I kind of sometimes, if it's the weekend, regardless of the weather, I'll be out trying trying to capture something or trying to make a mood. But if, yeah, if, if, if it was 
if I, if I had nothing else and I could just go out when I could, then my go-to days would be dull, but dramatic. Like I do like a dramatic sky. And obviously light is well, it's, it's so important. So it would be a moody day with kind of breaks in the clouds um, or fog. I love a bit of fog. Um, that kind of adds or it makes your life easier. <laughs> it takes a lot of things away. <laughs> it, it, you don't like processing kind of, you yeah. don't have to process so much. And like I say, with um, lockdown, I've been going into my local woods, which I have, I've always struggled with sh- uh, shooting trees and that. But when they, on a foggy day, and you can go into the woods, then that is just another realm. Again, it's something I've only kind of experienced a few times, but but it would something I, I'd uh, like to uh, do more of. Um, yeah, the, as far as British weather, it kind of suits what I do, yeah. And uh, the only thing I don't like is wind, really. It's right. kind of... It, if you if you are if you've got a your tripod set up and you're laying in and you're doing a long exposure and it's blowing a gale, then it's yeah. If it if your if your lens shakes any and then you you've got a four minute exposure that's just a massive blur on your screen, then yeah, it's it's annoying. <laughs> I mean, as a as a wedding photographer, I can handle all weather but wind, so I'm. I'm there with you 100%. You're with me, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you've mentioned gear a couple of times. Now you've talked about filters and stuff. I don't, with the with the podcast, I don't tend to venture too far into gear because I think it's okay. something, especially with, with people photography, it's focused on way more than it should be. But for what you're yeah. doing, I feel like it's actually quite an important avenue to go down. So in terms of what you're taking out with you on a typical shoot, camera, lenses, and filters, what do you have with you? Right. Um, I like... Um, I'm, my camera is a Sony E7R3. It's decent, good bit of kit, um, mirrorless camera. Um, I've got, I've just got one bag. I just try and take everything that I've got because I never know what to expect. You might shoot something that's close by and then you might see something way off in the distance and you think mm-hmm. that's far more interesting. So I've got, I try, I've got a, 16 at 35 that's my widest uh lens that's 2.8 um then i have a 24 to 105 f4 and then a 70 to 200 f4 and i do have all of those lenses are sony as well some native lenses and then i've got a sigma 100 to 400 lens which i take that's the one that kind of doesn't come out so much if I have it because it's yeah all those lenses etc. It, it is a heavy backpack. So um, along with that, um, I have case filters. I've, I've kind of a lot of people use Lee filters, but um, I changed to case, and yeah, the, there's zero color cast on these filters, so. Uh, filter wise, I have ND filter. I have a six stop, a 10 stop, and a 16 stop, and a uh, circular polarizer. And that's 
pretty much all I kind of need, really. Anything, I don't think. Like with a 16 stop, I can get up to eight minute plus exposures. And uh, yeah, that's that's plenty long enough. Um, uh, I have a remote shot over that, obviously, just so it, it, um, it can go go to those length lengths. Yep. Um, what else do I have? If I if I jump back there on the on the switch to mirrorless, something that yes, I, I worked with DSLRs in my in my actual work for about six years. Um, yes, and switched to mirrorless um, mostly to appease my wife who shoots with me, and she wanted to go for mirrorless. So okay, but I, I, I there's there's some wonderful functions of mirrorless that I think are really overlooked. One of which I imagine applies to you, which is the ability to shoot through NDs and actually be able yes. to see. Your composition, which on a DSLR, if you're especially working with a higher end sort of, you know, the the ten stop, you can't see it. That's it. Is is that one of the main reasons that you you went for mirrorless? I'd I'd love to say for all those reasons, but like I say, I kind of I kind of like three years ago, I had my my little Canon, and then there was just the the buzz about mirrorless, and kind of and Sony were kind of leading leading the way at the time. Not knowing too much, to be honest, I kind of jumped in there and just bought it, mm-hmm. and kind of, and then I think it was more kind of, I bought it and then realised the benefits rather than <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, knowing the benefits and going out and buying that specific camera. So it was a bit, I think it yeah, it was at the time. So when he was kind of leading the field with the mirrorless. Oh, I've I've had the um the A seven R three and it's a wonderful camera. I shoot with the the A seven three now and it's like a spaceship. It's it's so wonderful at taking so much off your hands. Absolutely. If we could talk about like your typical shoot day, yeah. So I'm I'm obviously because you're shooting long exposures and you're looking for for interesting weather. I feel like maybe you're not someone that's getting up at three in the morning to go and hike to a location. Oh no. I- I do, yeah. You do? do Yeah, I do like to get, I think maybe that's, maybe partly weather, I do, and partly just being on my own and kind of, or or more of a guarantee that there's not going to be anybody else around. I quite like that. When when I'm shooting, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't, it's, I, yeah, I prefer, (laughs) I don't know, it's, I'm not, I'm not a solitary creature most of the time or by nature but just when I'm with my camera I kind of prefer it I think right. I just kind of and I do find like I'm much more out in the mornings than I am like evening times good like blue hour coming into sunrise and that the, the light is more interesting at, at both ends of the day definitely but um, I'm, I think well naturally I'm an early bird anyway so that's my go-to. I'd rather. I'm not too. I'm not so keen on the hiking, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'll definitely get up early and kind of aim to get somewhere for first light or or yeah, around that time. I mean, you but, said earlier about being on Google Earth and doing and yes. doing your scouting that way. Is that something that you still do quite often? And are you how how much planning goes into each image? Um. There is quite a bit of planning, really. Um, my kind of like Google Maps is a kind of I 
I love I've always I love looking at maps. It's just a, a thing I do. I don't know why. Always even as a kid. Um but it's kind of yeah, you scour the coastline or kind of anything that kind of looks interesting. Um if you find something, you kind of Google it, see if there's anybody else taking a shot or look on Instagram, see if anyone's taking a shot. And then the next thing, especially with the coast, is checking tide times, um, like keeping an eye on when high tides are. Um, if they coincide with with um, with uh, sunrise or sunset, like, and in some subjects suit high tide, some subject, subjects suit when the tide's further out or when it's completely out. But um, check i always check with the tide plus being on the coast it's it's, it's for safety as well it's good to know yeah. when the tide is it's just yeah just just to be aware of what what the tide is doing if it's going out coming in etc um and then like i've um i've got uh photo pills is it photo pills in the app i don't know if you've heard of that i haven't no no, it's it's good. It's kind of it kind of gives you or, or like an augmented reality. It shows you if you if you're out in the field, you can hold it up and it will show where the sun's going to come down or where the moon's going to rise or anything like that. It's 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 pretty good app to have have with you, um, along with the uh, photographers. F F. Oh, I can't even pronounce it actually. Ephraimus, I do it. That's probably wrong, but that's another app. It just shows you direction that the sun's going to rise and, right. and where it's going to rotate and what time you're going to be. So you just kind of these kind of things help just to kind of maybe give you a bit more of a chance when you're out there. So well, you, you're mentioning obviously having a bit more of a chance. What's the success rate like for all of that planning? Um, uh, um, do you know what? You don't always, you, you're always wanting more <laughs> when you're out there. <laughs> you're always expecting. <laughs> it's every, every shoot is going to be the one. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And um, my success rate is probably more than I probably think, but I think it, in a way it's going to help. But it keeps the hunger going <laughs> that that you think it's not been as good as you think. So right. it, it it makes you go out again, or it makes you think about like how could it have been done differently, or or kind of. And obviously, once you've been to a location, that's you're kind of you, like. You, you could think, oh, I, I, sh- I should have got there earlier or or something. Something like being actually physically there or is, there's nothing like it. So I don't, because of where I am, I know other people kind of go for recce's and, and go out, sussing out a place before they can. But where I am, it's kind of, it doesn't allow for that if I want to go to the coast. So I've just kind of like quite often it is just reading the, reading the forecast, looking at the app. And then, but the thing is once I jump in the car, it's about two hours to the coast. So 
I'm at I'm at the mercy of 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 the elements. So things could change a lot in those two hours. So I've just got I've just got to go for it. Just commit. I'd rather be out taking crap shots than not being out <laughs> at all. Hundred <laughs> really. percent. Yeah. So so it just and and then it kind of if you don't get it at that time, then it'll just spur you on. You've kind of seen where you are. You see, you see what you need to do. So, so you, so you do like, revisit locations. I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I probably when lockdown ends. I think even just just for the joy of being at the coast, I might I might just revisit some places that I've been a few times, just purely because I can. Again, I think mm-hmm. it's just. Just get your hand in again. Just, just more practice. So, I don't think like it might be shots that you never ever kind of show anyone of that. But, but it's just there's some things you just like shooting, and you 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 shoot something. I'm sure you probably same. You you kind of think you shoot something. You can always think, oh, I could I could do that better. I could yeah. do something. Yeah. So, so I don't think it's ever. Well, photogra- photographers that are like really satisfied with what they've done and don't feel that way scare me a little bit because I feel like whatever you're doing, you should always feel like you could do a better version of it. And that's, it's like the curse and the joy of being someone that's just trying to create something is that you're, you're never satisfied, but you're always having fun. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think I, because I, I feel, sometimes I feel I haven't served my apprenticeship kind of i speak to people i i started in film and then i did this and that i feel i do have kind of kind of imposter syndrome sometimes because i think i I kind of i've just jumped into this i haven't really kind of served my time so to speak of of kind of going through the the dslr or the slr and and kind of going through it so i did so that kind of keeps me kind of feel a bit like I need to improve. I need to get better. I need to kind of like earn my stripes or, or whatever it is. So like it, whatever it is, it kind of keeps me going. And it, it does, it does drive me definitely to, and it's, it's, it's the photography and the processing as well. I think. Are you someone that has like a, the idea of a long-term goal with it in the sense of maybe, producing a book or, or something like that? Oh, it, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm sure you know that photography is wonderful, but it's very expensive. Yes. <laughs> and um, my ultimate goal really would be to I, I book, I haven't really thought of, but just actually getting a printer and printing my own work. I think I kind of, I, it is a shit like I've got like say the Sony A7R3 40 something megapixel camera and most of my images are only seen on a thumbnail on a phone and it's just to do the camera justice I feel it needs to be printed big it needs to be seen big so that kind of journey is going to happen but I've, I've just invested in a decent monitor mm-hmm. which is an eye-opener because I've just been editing on a laptop. So 
it's a journey. It's a slow process. But um, yeah, so now I've got my monitor. I've now got to buy get a calibrator to calibrate my <laughs> monitor. <laughs> so it's it, but it's all a learning process as well. They, they, it's just more it, it kind of it's like an onion skin photography. It's kind of there's just so many layers to it that and just yeah just. There's the printing, there's the, the whole editing and the printing. That That's just a realm that I've only kind of just kind of delving into now. So that's a whole other... And just the, the, the whole disciplines of photography. I just kind of... Someone asked me to uh, take shots of their dog not that long ago and my partner Sarah she's her daughter is a photo- photographer and um, I borrowed some of her strobe lights thinking I knew what I was doing and then went and taking a shot of a, a, a white Alsatian and do you know what I absolutely loved it something I'd like to do more of and mm-hmm. kind of but again it's just a realm I know nothing about <laughs> so but it's something I'll possibly I mean pet photography it's kind of I only kind of thought about it once I'd done it but yeah it's just it's it, it, I, can, I can't see me ever getting bored of it really it's just it's fascinating well I'd certainly be interested to see um maybe convincing you in future about doing a book because I definitely I agree with you your images uh do deserve printing and I, one thing I really like about um the work that, that I've seen of yours is you have lots of these very still minimalist shots and then every so often they're completely juxtaposed by these crashing wave shots that I feel like really offset the, like the mood, but they tie together so well. And I, I really feel like there's a, there's kind of like a, a calmness and chaos book in there somewhere that all of this could be combined and, and really make something that would tie together really nicely. I appreciate you saying that. And um, I think it's maybe doing a bit of justice to the sea as well because like you feel in, 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 maybe it's a little bit silly but you feel like with the, with the filters you're kind of mastering the sea kind of like you, you you're calming it you're you're you've got some power over it mm-hmm. you're you're doing but but the sea's untamable and and you go you go down that's the only and i guess Britain's quite windy as well. In all those days that it's windy, if, I, I, if I'm not getting out because I can't do long exposures, I think I had to find some way of getting out on a windy day and going to, to the coast on a stormy day and catching, catching that, a wave, or just the power of the sea. And it's, yeah, it's kind of maybe it's, it's, it's the two ends of, of the same thing so to speak. So yeah, I guess there is a, a juxtaposition now, but, but, but a theme at the same time. Well, with you, it's really standing out to me. Um, and you mentioned it obviously very on your previous answer about sort of that, that zest for it and enjoying it so much and never getting tired of it and always wanting to learn mm. um, something new. And maybe I think it's a generational thing. I'm 32. I think I'm packed into a 60 year old's mindset i'm not i'm not someone that feels young and i've never really <laughs> felt young i've never really liked young people but i feel like now everyone wants to appear as if they've mastered something 
Yeah. And I feel like the more you know about something, sometimes the less you in, enjoy it because some, for me, the enjoyment is in learning something new, yeah. not in just yeah. repeating something I already know. And do you feel like maybe for it, obviously this is a completely unfair conversation to have because they can't chime in, but do you feel like maybe for, for younger people by trying to look like they know everything, they're actually missing out on the fun? Potentially. I think they could be. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it, it, I, I think maybe when you're younger, kind of admitting that you don't know or you're, you're not sure or something is probably harder, is a harder thing to do. Whereas maybe age right, I'm, it is, it's, it's not a bad thing. And I'm quite happy to say, I don't know, or I need to know more. And then that kind of, then it, then there's no pressure. I think maybe, maybe with younger people as maybe kind of, kind of reputations or kind of whatever to uphold that um, they need to know or they need to appear to know when, yeah, that you get, maybe you get a little bit older and, and it doesn't matter so much. And it's kind of, it's more about being honest and just, yeah, if you don't know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's not a biggie in, in, in reaching out for help. I think that's, that's never a bad thing. I think anyone that you admire your work, that if you admire their work, I think don't be scared to reach out and just talk to them. And I think I've done that. There's people that are just kind of, I look at their work and I'm just like, just blown away and just don't understand it. But I've kind of reached out just not to, not to copy them, but just to try and understand a few things. And to be fair, everybody that I've reached out to has been very helpful. And I think, I think you should be as well. I mean, people, people have reached out to me and, and, I think you have to be because it, one, it's flattering because yeah, we've all kind of started or we're all at a point in a journey. We're not, we're not, we're, nobody's completed that journey. We're all at different stages. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, yeah, if you realize that you need help, then if someone asks you for help, then you should be more, more than happy to give it. I can kind of appreciate some people when it kind of, They've got a style and they want to protect that style and that. I can appreciate that at the same time, but it shouldn't help you. It shouldn't stop you just even talking to someone. <clears throat> I think, yeah, just getting, just talking to people, just being social is never a bad thing. I completely agree. I've been kind of stunned to date on the number of people that I approached that I didn't think I'd ever hear back from. And they've been so forthcoming with their time and, and their, their, their knowledge, just like yourself. Yeah. I, I have to make amends for using the word English when I should have used the word Scottish. <laughs> no, but before, no, no. before I get to that, um, one last question. I mean, like I said earlier, there is a genuine Britishness to like the color palette, the composition, yeah. the chaos of your work. If you mm. were to go and photograph somewhere that's sort of a very different landscape and, and climate to England, or Scotland or Ireland or, or Britain in general, do you feel like mm -hmm. you, your style would, would adapt to where you're photographing or do you feel like you would bring the style that you have to that landscape? I think I would have to bring that with me. That would, wherever I went, that would come in my suitcase with me. Yeah. To kind of, I'm, 
I, well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's unfair to the place that I go, but um, I just give. I'd have to bring that with me. It's just maybe, yeah, just just given that sprinkle of Scottish doerness to to even the brightest place. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think I'd bring it with me, definitely. I have seen, I must say, I've seen some people that photograph the deserts and it's, and their colour palette is pretty limited. It's quite high key images, mm-hmm. but that, that to me, I just, I, I love it. It's, it's just, yeah, like, it's, it's like a different type of sea, the desert. And yeah, that kind of fascinates me. So maybe, maybe one day I'll head to the desert. Well, well, on that note, actually, somewhere that I visit at least sort of once every two years is um, I go to Nevada and I try and visit Valley of Valley of Fire. Is just regardless of if you take a camera with you or not, it's worth a visit just to see the the tonality of the place and the wildness of of the landscape. And with your color palette. And and your approach, I'd actually be quite fascinated to see how you would um, how you would take on Valley of Fire because everyone seems to photograph it in the same way, and it'd be quite yeah. nice to see it have your edge brought to it. No, I, I, it would be interesting, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think yeah, it's kind of yeah, maybe kind of maybe even just the word desert is kind of it's it's implanted the kind of bright blue sky the yellow of the sands and that but I think there's probably times if you spend a long enough out there you could probably see different diff, uh, difference there and you could probably interpret that away I'd, lo- I'd love to yeah it would be so far removed from whatever any, anything I've ever done before so it would be it'd be interesting well like I said earlier it's, it's a, been so wonderful to have so many people give up their time and their knowledge for this and, and to add you to the list is a real honor. Um, again, a massive sor- uh, apology for using the word English. <laughs> we all know the damage that that can cause, but. Do you know what? Now I've lived more of my life in England than I have in Scotland. So I'm just, I'm just pleased you've accepted me down here. <laughs> well, you're very welcome, especially, especially with photography like yours. You're extremely welcome. Now we, we can call you British and claim you as our own. Absolutely. That's what to do. And they, I, I really appreciate you uh, reaching out and asking me to do this because, yeah, it's kind of, again, like I say, it's kind of humbling that that people want to hear or, or want to speak to me about it. So I'm, I'm more than happy and, and, and very pleased you, you have. So thank you. That's fine. I mean, this is the most important part of the of the podcast is to basically funnel as many people as possible towards your work. So to tell people where they can go to see what you do, where's the best place for people to find it? I haven't got a website yet. That's in the pipeline. Um, but it's just Instagram. Um, 23 Martian, M-A-R-T-I-A-N. Um, it was always just Martin with an extra A. I was never expecting to to have photograph uh, photography on my Instagram. It was I just started it just as a fun thing. but. It's kind of changed. So most people have got pretty sensible kind of kind of their, their name and <laughs> photography. But I've just I've just stuck with with Martian and yeah, for better or for worse, that's where I am. 
well thank you so much for taking the time it's been a real pleasure to talk to you appreciate it thank you chris thank you